0: Welcome to Beside Stories here on Access Radio, 783 AM. I'm here this evening with the lovely Saran Kahukuta, who is a te reo teacher uh, teaching out of uh, Saran, where, whereabouts are you based?
1: I'm running classes at uh, St Anne's Parish Hall in Newtown.
0: Newtown, yeah. okay, fantastic. And and what, is, what happens in your classes? How did this whole thing come about that you, you teach?
1: Um... Well, it actually started when I started learning te reo, and I...
0: Can uh, I stop you there? Yeah. Or when did you learn te reo? Uh,
1: when I came back to New Zealand, and I was about 24.
0: Oh, so you you were late to the language. Yeah, late, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: did start earlier. Um, when I left high school, I thought I'll do some te reo at university, and I uh, quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went overseas, and then realised, you know, six years had gone past, and I still hadn't done anything, so... I set myself a goal of being a Te Reo Māori speaker by the time I was 30. Wow, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, so I studied night classes when I was 25, 26, Mm -hmm. and um, I did a full year immersion when I was 27, and then by the time I was 29, I was running my own school.
0: (laughs) 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 Nice. Um, What's your family background? Where where are you from?
1: Uh, So my family comes from uh, near Taumaranui, which is Ngati Tuwharetoa and Upper Whanganui. Um, but I actually grew up in Taranaki, in New Plymouth.
0: Oh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah. we're uh, Ngatirunui. Yeah, yeah, up um base of Taranaki up yeah, there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: sweet. Yeah, so I have a Taranaki look to my reel sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, now, tell us a bit about your uh, your classes that you provide, because it's not just straight learning today, is it? Like, th- there's a bit more to it than that. Is that correct?
1: Um, well, it is just to do, but it's using a particular methodology called te atarangi, uh, and that's based on another methodology called the silent way from overseas. Uh, and it's an immersion methodology. So from the first class, people cannot speak English or any other mm. language. They have even to learn. Even absolute beginners. Even absolute beginners. So it's not just learning the words. You're also learning coping mechanisms for being in an immersion environment yeah, and trying beautiful. to intuit Meaning when without having a translation with you sure, yeah. sure.
0: What, what led you to choosing that style of teaching?
1: Well, that's how I learned that's mm. um, the method that I learnt with, and it really worked for me, um, particularly because I was um, I was quite good at the written and liked being good at things yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> uh, sure. and was too scared to speak. So right. being forced into an environment where you can't write and you have to speak, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, strengthens the side that was a little bit weaker, perhaps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how long uh, is each course? Uh, uh, and what, would, what, what do you expect a complete novice coming in to leave with when they finish the first course?
1: Well, the first thing that's... Uh, It's adult education, community education, so there's no accreditation. So if people are really struggling, they can just repeat a year and there's no problem with that. They can just go as slow or as fast as they want to. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, But currently I ask people to commit for one year, so from March till November, Mm -hmm. uh, one night a week. And by the end of the first year, they should be able to have uh, basic sentences, Mm -hmm who they are, where things are, what they're doing, um, and have about, um, about 600, 700 words. Nice. In vocab. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. Um,
1: but I run three years, three different years, so they oh, can okay. move up if yep. they've finished a the year or come in if they've already got some prior knowledge.
0: And at the end of the three years, would you expect that people would be fairly able to hold conversations.
1: And yeah, yeah, for sure. Do well, you, by the end of the first year, they managed to communicate what they need yeah, um, beautiful. in the same way that young kids can communicate what they need, yeah, yeah, sure. even if they're not fluent.
0: And is it just the language that you're teaching, or is it um, uh, things like, um, you know, or, or, or protocol on, on or for anything like that, or is yeah. it just straight language that you're teaching?
1: Well, it's a Kopapa Māori methodology, so the way we run things is with tikanga. Rather, so rather than teach tikanga, we use tikanga and show tikanga.
0: And what um, is what is tikanga for, for our listeners that um, don't know any Māori?
1: Just the Māori way of doing things, right. just the Māori custom of doing things. Sure, um, sure. So everything from um, having to do karaki at the beginning, uh, people learning to do their mihi and their pepeha. Uh, wh- wh- what's a mihi and difficult- a pepeha? A mihi, so... Your pepeha is talking about who you are and where you're from, mm-hmm. and mihī is a way of acknowledging other people or um, other groups for what they're doing.
0: Sure, mm. and that's a, a pipihā is a good way for if you're in a group of people, for other people to uh, un- get a grasp of who you are, yeah, and yeah. maybe find some some mutual links, yeah, with one another. Yeah,
1: yeah. it when, happens all the time. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, which
0: is why on a marae when when people are standing up and giving their long pipiha and they're yeah. speaking about themselves why they do it is so that the other people on them but i are able to say oh well you know my my grandfather is also from that area you yeah. know that means I'm, i may be related to this person or i probably am yeah. so you're teaching yeah. a lot of that style of in the course as well yeah, so it's yeah. not just straight learning the language
1: no yeah it is we do that as well but we also go um not just my school but there's Classes like mine around the region, and we get together three times a year and run uh, from a Friday night to a Sunday morning, do immersion weekends. And so the students have to put into practice what they've been learning. And that situation where you meet someone who you're related to um, comes up all the time. For me, it's a bit like um, in Wellington, you say, oh, where do you work? But in Maori world, you say, oh, so who's your family? Yeah. Sure, um, sure. And that's just a conversation starter of getting mm-hmm. to know
0: someone. Mm. So you were saying before that um, you were comfortable writing in Te reo, mm-hmm. but speaking it was a bit uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Um, what would you say to somebody that were in the same position today, that was thinking about, because, you know, Māori is it's a, it's a one of our, our languages. You mm-hmm. know, we have English and we have Māori, so... Uh, what would you say to somebody that said to you, "Look, I want to learn, but I'm just nervous and I'm and I'm uncomfortable, um, you know, with the pronunciation and yeah. that type of thing"?
1: You just have to go for it. There's no shortcut to that. Mm. Um, if mm. it's something you want, you can't. You just can't let anything little like nervousness stop you. Sure. sure. Um, and f- you know, for my classes, it's a huge huge leap to go from speaking English to not being allowed to speak English at all mm. but after the first class there's not really much to be nervous about you've kind of gotten over yourself and <laughs> over your fear of making mistakes because sure. everyone else is doing the same yeah.
0: And tell us about the makeup of your classes in general, are, are you getting are they mostly Māori, are they foreigners are they um, local uh, Pākehā that are maybe curious about learning the, the language
1: um, well, for me, because I'm in Newtown, um, which is a lower proportion of Māori, there's a higher proportion of non-Māori in the class. But um, we do have people from overseas. I've had a Japanese woman and Argentinian guy. and Yeah, uh, lots of people, are French women they've learnt, yeah, they've already come here with English and mm-hmm. wanted to learn Māori as well. Um, but most of my most of my students work in the public sector, so they are either teachers or community workers mm. or government public servants. Yep. Government workers.
0: Um, so the Māori is going to help them during their day to day life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah. They're using it quite yeah. a lot. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what's your on a broader sense? Uh, what's your take on the language right now? Yeah, like. How do you see, is, like, we, we just had tuiki o te reo Māori, mm-hmm. you know, like, with all the week of Māori language. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen it on things like the news, you know, the weather, the, the listing all our cities in Māori rather yep. than in English. Yep. Is this a step forward for us, or, or do you, as a broader, as somebody who works in the industry and sees the language on a mm-hmm. daily basis, is it growing? Is it shrinking? Like, what's your view on things at the moment?
1: It's. I'm positive. I, you know, I don't, I don't really have any other choice but to be positive. <laughs> but um, some areas are much stronger, and some areas are weaker. So um, this whole language vitalization movement. There's been a lot of research on it. What's what works and what doesn't work. Um, and te, wiki o te Reo Māori is for people who don't use Māori who don't speak Māori to start and mm. to um, gain public acceptance of Māori in wider New Zealand. But for someone like me who uses Māori every day, it's not that it's not sh- It it's doesn't have different. a huge impact on <laughs> no, you. No, no.
0: But then it's, it's more like you say for the people yeah. that don't have any. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And I guess the concern is that um, money that's being spent on uh, changing the status of Māori in mainstream is money that's not being spent on Actually, growing the pool of competent Maori speakers. Who, mm. um, yeah,
0: so yeah. it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we need. A, a, my, pers- my personal view mm. is that the more people that can speak Te Reo, mm. it, it's better off for all of us. Um, you know, yeah. I think a healthy New Zealand is a is a country that has both cultures equally mm-hmm. represented. And, and that means in the language as well. Mm. And it benefits everyone. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess, like you say, there's a fine line between trying to get new speakers mm. and also mm. encouraging what we already have.
1: Well, I think about a lot of my students, particularly the beginners, who, you know, by the end of one year, they're not going to be mm. incredibly competent, but they'll um, be exposed to new opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. And I think of how, you know, there's funding which is going to um, teaching people how to say kia ora, you know, a twen- hundred people, twenty people to say kia ora, or teaching one person mm. for one whole year and becoming a really confident mm. um, speaker. Mm. Well, not speaker, but being confident in their knowledge. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, we need both. I, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my focus one. is in is in trying to increase the critical mass of speakers sure. rather than, um, you know, public uh, promotions. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. Mm. Now, you've brought a song for us today. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me about uh, what you've chosen here, Sarah.
1: Um, well, Maisie Rika is just a beautiful, beautiful singer, and she's been doing lots of um, really great wayata recently, um, does lots of collaborations and mostly in te reo. I'm not even sure if she does any in English, Uh, but this one's Tangaroa Fakamotai, and it's just lovely.
0: Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Take it away, Macy.
2: papa guru
0: That was a beautiful Macy uh, rika. Welcome back to Wellington Access Radio 783 AM with te reo teacher Saran Kahukuta. I'm curious to investigate more about um, your relationship to the language from when you were younger and mm-hmm. obviously as somebody that only started to learn uh, te reo in your mid-twenties. Mm. First of all, what was your relationship to the language prior to then? You said you had some written knowledge. Uh,
1: yeah, so my grandmother was the last te reo speaker in our family, and she was of that generation who only spoke Māori until she went to school, and yep. then that was it. It was over. And um, she. Do,
0: uh, if I may interrupt, yeah. your, your parents,
1: not. Um, no, my so both my parents have passed away and neither spoke Ma- Māori. Um, my aunts and uncles didn't speak Māori except for one of my aunts. She started learning Māori in her thirties, I think. Maybe. So
0: you you were in an exclusively English household, English-speaking ex-
1: household.
0: english yeah, English-speaking ex- english household.
1: Speaking, yeah, yeah. English speaking household yeah.
0: Okay, so you reached your teens? Yep, and I didn't speak Māori. No, no Māori? <laughs> um, no. So w- what was your... What was your relationship with Māori at that stage when you were in your teens? With Māori people with Māori language? With both.
1: Um, With Māori people, it's, you know, they're just family. Uh, You know, it wasn't any different whatever language we were speaking. But um, for te reo, uh, you know, at high school you get strange and there was definitely an expectation that if you wanted to succeed you wouldn't do something like Māori and that it was dying and... There was mm. no point to it. There was no economic benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where, I did, you, where French. did you go to? <laughs> <laughs>
0: where did you go to high school? Uh,
1: New Plymouth Girls. New Plymouth Girls. I'm sure they're not like that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um,
0: so you reach your teens, yeah. English speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when did you first come across today? Uh
1: When my aunt started learning, I was about uh, 15, 16 then. And... Uh, we, she was quite involved politically in different things that were happening at the time in the '90s, uh, and that's probably how I got interested in Te Reo in the first place. Was through the politics of Maori um, land issues and Maori rights, and also whakapapa, Papa, uh, looking at um, our own families, whakapapa. And,
0: mm-hmm. and and what is whakapapa? Papa?
1: Our genealogy, who we come from, and how mm-hmm. we got here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and so you 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 were just interested. Like your interest yeah. grew. Yeah, yeah my interest grew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and really that was when you realised that okay, you need to learn the language.
1: Yeah, I, well, I thought yeah, well, I'll do this. This is, this yeah. will be a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, as I said, I started at university, and then I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I left university before I, um, uh, before I was competent mm. to do. So when
0: you when you really started to pursue it, mm. you had some sort of base knowledge.
1: Very little. Very yeah, little. Very little. Yeah. All right.
0: And were you uncomfortable when you first um, started to learn the language?
1: No, I was. You were pre- determined. I was pretty determined. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's probably when I think of the people that I've taught and the people who I've who I'm friends with who I've met through te Reo... Uh, that seems to be a common thread that they just have there's no more room for being shy or embarrassed or mm. intimidated. You just have to knuckle down and do it. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure.
0: Yeah. So you then where did you where did you choose to learn? Uh
1: at the time there was a course running in Kuburni, uh which was a Teatarangi course. Uh, that doesn't run anymore um and then was it immersion as well it was yeah it's immersion as well yeah. same method as i the way i teach mm-hmm. um and then i did a full year course uh and i was really lucky a friend of mine wanted to do it at the same time so we got a house together and so we spoke maori at home we spoke maori at school we were in a new town so the only people we met were people who we met through um our kura so we um Our whole world changed to being a Maori-speaking world, Mm. and so when it was almost life. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when I finished that, I thought, you know, my background's in IT. I thought I'd go back and earn some money, Um, but I realised that I needed, if I really was serious about this, I needed to change my life Mm -hmm. to be uh, to use Maori as much as possible, and that's how I became a teacher, really. Okay. Because it's one way that I can use Te Reo every day. Mm.
0: Mm. Okay, welcome back to Access Radio 783 AM. I'm here with uh, Te Reo teacher Saran Kahukuta. So Saran, uh, what benefits do you see uh, the language presenting for people today? Mm. Opportunities mm. Why should people learn Te Reo? In particular why should people non-Māori learn mm. Te Reo? Is it something in which we all can benefit from?
1: I think so. Maybe I'm biased, but um, I think I said before I learnt French, and that was great when I was on holiday, but my life is in New Zealand. And uh, being a te speaker, I've had more access to more jobs and more cultural opportunities um, than, than I would just by... Speaking French, sure. Um, and I've, you know, I've been teaching for six years. This is my sixth year, uh, so I've had some people who've come all the way through from nothing to being really competent, really confident speakers of Tideo. And I, I think th- it's they an they amazing story. Using, oh, sorry?
0: I think that um, it's an amazing story that yeah. your story of going yeah. Yeah. from learning in yeah. your mid twenties, yeah. when so many people reach that age and they really struggle to learn and take on new yeah. things like languages so to go in five years from complete novice <laughs> to a teacher yeah i think that's huge yeah. but yeah sorry carry on
1: um i think of my students who were who've come from nothing to being really competent speakers they're all using Thiriel in their work and in their lives mm-hmm. um, they also had chance to go to other cultural events which are predominantly Māori-speaking or they wouldn't even know about if they mm. hadn't already started uh, learning Māori, meeting Māori people, mm-hmm. being invited to those kinds of events. Um, I think of, you know, one person who works at the Papa, another one who's a communications person and they're all using Te Reo every day. Who came through your course. Who, who's come through my course. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, And both one's... One's from overseas, one's a uh, Pākehā woman. Yeah, yeah. And older learners as well.
0: Do you see benefits to your students at the end of your course which may not be directly related to just being able to speak? Do you see confidence grow or do you see them perhaps having a, a broader view of their relationship yeah. with you know, with the people of Aotearoa, maybe?
1: Yeah. I think the thing I notice most is that they're just not scared anymore, mm. um you know, even some of my mature students who do have struggle a bit um with their memory, um they're just not scared anymore to have right. a chat, have a laugh mm-hmm. um even if it takes them a little bit longer to get a joke, they can get the joke uh-huh. and um just uh see Maori as something you do socially and sure. something you do for fun and for mm-hmm. um meeting. Interesting new people
0: fantastic so there's more benefits than just being able to speak the language,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that yeah. that
0: that's that benefits all of us,
1: yeah yeah,
0: um so last couple of questions, mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody that um was curious about today was maybe looking at learning but was just a bit standoffish, uh, I guess you were saying before, would you just say get over, get, in, get, <laughs> yeah. get over it?
1: If it's something you want, you just need to find somewhere mm-hmm. and start. There's find somewhere and, and start. start. That's the hardest yep. part is just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you forget all those reasons why you didn't start as soon as you've, <laughs> you've got through a couple of lessons. Um, yeah, so don't... Yeah. You, you did that, that's really all there is to it. It's not complicated. Mm, <laughs> just get in there. You just get in there. Just find somewhere. Just start learning. And there's different ways of teaching and different courses available. Uh, and you just have to find one that fits with your life and the way you like to learn, and mm-hmm. uh, just go with those.
0: Yeah. And further on from that, how do our listeners uh, find your um, teaching, Sarah?
1: Uh, well, you can do a Google <laughs> for Te atarangi, Um and they'll, the, office, the main office will put you in contact with the nearest person. Um, can you spell Te atarangi? <laughs> So Te, T-E, Atarangi, A-T-A-A, R-A-N-D-I.
0: There you go. There you go, Wano. Eh? <laughs> uh, so if they just Google that, they yeah, will lead to on. you?
1: Yeah. Oh, they'll lead to someone who can... Because uh, t- tia Tarang is a national organisation. So,
0: ah, I see. Uh, okay, there you go. Now, in. thank you so much for coming in, Saran. No, it's been welcome. a fantastic conversation. Uh, uh, it's been really interesting for me to learn more of your story. Mm-hmm. If you could leave our listeners with a simple Māori word or phrase that they can start <laughs> with today, maybe. <laughs> what What would you say? What would be a good place to start?
1: Mehete. <laughs> Mehete, mehete,
0: and what does that mean?
1: Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Beautiful. There you go, listeners. Um, get out there and uh, give it a go. You know, it's just saying kia ora to your um, workmates when you go into work tomorrow. So we will see you uh, next week. I guess this is Martin Andrews signing off for Wellington Access
2: Radio seven eighty three AM.